What's up, guys? Um, here with uh, David Bentley, our second episode, um, continue on, continuing on with the Relentless Hoops podcast. Um, Trent Markwith um, here as owner and founder of Relentless Hoops. Um, Bentley's a guy I've gotten to know over the last few years throughout the uh, travel circuit. Um, does a lot for his guys. Um, really active. Uh, been involved with a bunch of different things. Has a lot of you know good experience. So, um, Bentley, how are you doing? Doing well, Trent. Doing well. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Um, you've you've been around been around the block a lot. Been involved with some different things. So, with um, people that don't know you, just talk about uh, your background a little bit, where you've been, where you're at now, um, just different things you have going on. Yeah. So um, I went to Anderson University uh, in South Carolina Division Two School for my undergrad. Graduated in 2012. Was a part of the uh, was a student member of the staff in my years there. We uh, we had some great success. Went to three straight and silver tournaments with an Elite Eight and a Sweet Sixteen in there, which uh, Division Two, in my opinion, is a lot harder to make the tournament than Division One, just because of the way the, the country set up and the regions and all that. So, um, had a great career there. Learned a ton, um, and kind of throughout my college career, obviously knew I wanted to coach. So worked camps during the summer and tried to travel around and get to know people and um, connect as much as well as I could. Um, you know, obviously working on and camps are a big way to do that. And, um, so ended there, um, came back to my high school for a year um, and coached and then knew I kind of wanted a little bit different level. So um, I had actually met Lee Martin, who at the time was an assistant at Hargrave under A.W. Hamilton. Yep. Uh, Lee, Harvard Military Academy Lee basically was like, "Hey, we got a spot. Um, you know, coach wants to give it to you and interview." So went up there, got it, got started, and right about that time, I um, had to have surgery on my back. So came back to the Upstate South Carolina, had my surgery, and um, kind of started working from home for Hargrave, recruiting kids, um, going to college games to um, you know help the the kids up there get seen, and uh, got on with. Um, I actually started in AAU in the spring summer to try to get around more players and see more kids uh, with the soccer on the Sonics for a year, just to kind of a little organization, a buddy of mine and I started and um, started with that. And, and then upward came, um, came calling and wanted me to be involved with their program. So jumped over with them and been with the upward stars for the past, I guess, three years now. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, that's kind of me, you know, the prep stuff in the in the high school season, and then the AAU stuff with upward in the spring, summer. Yeah, sure. So um, maybe you know you just touched on this a little bit, but uh, talk a little bit more about um, your upward experience. You know, you had those upward upstate teams. Um, this year, you're you're gonna have that uh, upward southeast select team. So maybe talk about uh, what your teams have been like the past two years. You know, I've I've been able to see see your teams a good bit you had you know guys that are having college success get a bunch of looks so maybe talk about them a little bit sure um so our first my first year with the upward so upward I guess kind of has different levels to their organization with how they set up their AAU teams is um upward star southeast is obviously the team most people think of when they hear upward Mm -hmm. uh the adidas circuit team and then under that upward sort of has different levels of um, sort of feeder teams, if you will. Of, they have an upstate team and a Columbia team and a 
uh, a team down in the lower state and PD and yeah, some other, yeah. I think. So, um, so yeah, I, you know, got the upstate and, um, you know, got really blessed. I had a couple players come with me from the Sonics um, and sort of, you know, obviously got a couple more that Upward had already had in their program and got really lucky with a, uh, a kid that was from the upstate, um, moved went to school in Raleigh for a year and then was coming back to on Cooper got really lucky with him. And he kind of, once we got him that first summer, three years ago, I guess two years ago, mm -hmm. um, he yeah. really kind of set our path for that summer um, Definitely. to make me feel like, Hey, this team can be something bigger as opposed to, you know, a little mom and pop team that plays, you know, on the weekend in, in their local tournaments and that's it. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so we had him, and we had a really good year that first summer with Upper, um, you know, with, with him. We went to a lot of, you know, obviously the main tournaments and got to play against a lot of good teams. Uh, one of the – probably one of the main highlights that summer was when we were at Bob Gibbons and we um, we beat Anthony Edwards in the Express and uh -huh. ended, his, ended his Bob Gibbons run. So that was, oh, yeah. uh, that was pretty cool um, to be able to say we did that. Um, and then, you know, we kind of continued the momentum. And, um, you know, that was obviously the last summer with, like, all these live periods with two in April and three in July. So yeah. we rode that momentum into July and had a really big um, July, you know, going to all the events and ended in that summer in Orlando um, at the Prime event, you know, lost to a New York Rins team that, honestly, we were way outmatched by because we had Talon who ended up at – a uh, signing with Moorhead State, and then we had a bunch of Division Two guys. Yep. Um, and then, so we had a good summer that summer, and carried it into um, this past summer where we had um, a lot more Division Two guys. And then, one of the cool things about being with the Upward name is, um, you know, we do have a relationship with the Southeast team. So if there's a player that may not be playing as much on the Southeast team, uh, you know, we can definitely talk about uh, the to Kurt Wheeler about maybe having to play with us or vice versa. If there's a player on our team that we feel can really help their team, you know, there's no hard feelings or issues sending them to and from. So I think that's the cool thing about Upward, um, the the star's name with, with the Southeast team. So um, it's been really good. And I was really excited about this team we had coming this year because um, we were going to be a lot more athletic than we had ever been. So sure. uh, it, it was, it's a bummer that we can't have it, but, obviously trying to make the most of it now. Yeah. No, I, I remember you were talking about Talonso. I remember that first um, night I actually saw one of your teams play. It was in, in Spartanburg. You guys played a local Atlanta team, and he had a triple-double. And, like, looking at that team now, you know, Talon's contributing at Moorhead. Cooper is doing well at Lenore Ryan. Um, Cam just committed to um, MVSU. Um, so, like, oh, you know, Muncie's at – North Greenville. So a lot of these guys that were, you know, kind of under the radar and stuff and now are having success or finding their spots at the college level. And then, you know, this past year, you got Case, you got Amadi, a bunch of different guys um, that are doing good things. So that, that's really cool to see. Um, I talked about this with Simpson a little last night um, on, on my episode with him. Um, what's uh, your kind of approach to like working to promote your guys um, and get them seen as an independent program? Like, you know, you know, a lot of people, you have, you know, good connections and stuff, but it can still be 
difficult at times for some of the um, non-sponsor teams. So what do you kind of do to, to really help um, your team with that? Yeah, sure. Uh, I think one of the things is you got to take advantage of social media. I mean, I'm not, yeah. me personally, I'm not a big like hype guy, if you will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I got like, there's, I kind of call them like prosperity people and prosperity oh, yeah. scouts or people. And I, I, that's not me. Like, I'm not going to just sit here and hype a guy because, you know, I feel like that's my civic duty. That's I, I'd rather just have a direct connection with someone. Um, but uh, you'd be naive to not take advantage of social media and the platform that it can provide. So you definitely got to put your, your guys info out there and, um, you know, uh, retweet their stuff and things like that. But one of the things that main things that I like to do is, is just have a direct connection with a coach and say, you know, reach out, say coach, you know, would love to get your thoughts on a kid, send them his highlights and, and just see, because then I think that gives you a good measuring stick of whatever level that coaches that you reach out to can say, Hey, no, I don't think he's this level or maybe he's too good or I really like this kid. So now you've got a gauge of, okay, do I need to go a little bit lower of recruiting yeah. the kid? Do I mm -hmm. need to go? Uh, because, you know, you could do like a lot of these people, they'll just send out mass emails with their guys stuff. And um, obviously being at the college level, I know like coaches get hundreds of those, especially in this time right now. There's no telling how many emails coaches are getting them. Hey, coach, we, oh, yeah. we think we can play on your level. And <laughs> the majority of those, they probably don't look at very much. No, so definitely. to be able to have a direct connection. So I think that's the biggest thing is just being able to have a direct connection and obviously being able to prove that you've had players. Like I said back um, a, a minute ago is that Talon, when Talon came to our team, he kind of set us on a different trajectory and, really helped elevate us to see, like, hey, this team has players that can sure. play. And then Cooper Fowler and David Muncie and um, Cam Cunningham and um, those kind of players, we can see, hey, like, this team's going to have players. They might not be our level every year, but they're going to consistently have college-level players um, that are ready to contribute when they get there. So social media, direct connections to the coaches, uh, things like that, those are some of the ways that I try to get our kids seen um, being a non-sponsor team. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, know, you do it. You always do a good job of, you know, keeping me up to date with your guys, getting me info and, you know, just sending me your schedule, your roster each weekend. Like that's really helpful for a guy like me. And like you said, with um, I like the point you made about have if you have, you know, a good direct connection with a coach, you kind of, you know, get a feeling out of what this kid is like instead of, you know, oh, he, you know, he just had a good game. I need to go tell him about all the, you know, all these different, coaches that might not be his level like you know to yeah, see sure. see where you know actual college coach thinks he thinks he's at and then go from there um moving on a little bit so you um you started um that three level panel in coordination with the uh, rising coaches uh this past week you have another one coming up this week um talk a little bit about uh what that's about um what made you decide to start that and uh what what's all going into that yeah sure um so, obviously, Rising Coaches is an organization just for coaches that are looking to connect. And, uh, honestly, anybody. It doesn't really have to be coaches. It can be anybody just looking to connect with more people in the business. And, um, you know, obviously, through this whole quarantine time, a lot you've seen a lot of people just try to look for ways to stay connected and keep getting better. And, um, and, and through video chats, virtual clinics, and panels, and, and Zoom. I'm sure Zoom stock is shot through the roof in this whole – quarantine time oh, yeah. and uh you know so i, I kind of had seen some people start having some panels and 
Um, some of them interested me a little bit. Some didn't really interest me. And I thought, like, you know, it would be cool is to have a, a panel with, um, you know, obviously everyone shoots for Division One, And me being a Division Two guy, I know I went, uh, you know, I have an appreciation for lower levels. But everyone's kind of shooting for that Division One, and they want to hear from those type guys. So I thought, you know, it'd be really cool to kind of have three different levels of a head coach within his first five years because, you know, he's still maybe trying to figure things out and doesn't have all the answers. Uh, a high major assistant that's right on the cusp because he's preparing himself to be a head coach. So what's he doing in that in the time frame of uh, as an assistant? What is he doing to prepare himself to be a head coach? And then just kind of a mid-major assistant that what I like to say is on the grind. You know, he might yeah. be a few years away from being a head coach. You know, he, he might be moving up to a, a little higher level in a couple of years, but he's just kind of grinding it out. And I thought if we had, you know, get them all three – on a panel and let's hear not so much X and O stuff, but let's just hear like, Hey, what has your journey been like for a little bit? And then what are some nuggets people can take on their climb or maybe they're yeah. an AU coach and what are you looking for? And things like that. So I thought it'd be really cool. And the other thing I thought was really cool is it gives, you know, young coaches. Cause I know I was in that boat is, is when I'm a young coach kind of on the up and up is you see all these, high level coaches or head coaches and you think they're kind of unapproachable, but you get mm -hmm. them in the confines of a, of a zoom chat. And then you see like, Hey, these guys are just, you know, obviously a lot more experienced, but they're just guys like you and I. So yeah, um, I think that's been really cool. And we got a lot of feedback from the three we had on uh, coach Carm at Siena, uh, Darius Nichols at, at Florida and coach Maddox at Moorhead state. Um, we had a lot of great feedback. So I'm excited to kind of continue the momentum with that. Got three good ones coming up uh, with, with Coach Farrell at Presbyterian, um, Coach Toppert at Memphis, and then Coach Williamson at Tennessee State. So excited to continue the momentum with all that and, and hopefully, you know, just help some coaches. But I also wanted to help the three guys on the panel. As I was telling them is, you know, these, these coaches come on these panels and it's like, oh, just talk, talk, talk. Everybody else, listen, listen, listen. And they don't really mm -hmm. get much out of it. But if we can help the coaches, whereas – you know, uh, uh, a head coach sees a mid-major assistant on the grind. Now he has a spot open in a year or two. It's like, hey, I, I remember that guy. I heard him say some good things on that panel. I I'm going to take a look at him for my assistant spot. Or maybe when that when that high-major assistant gets a head job, maybe he recommends the mid-major assistant for that high-major spot that he let, that he vacated. So hopefully it'll help, um, you know, the, the guys on the panel as well. So that was my goal not just to help the people listening, but also the guys on the panel. Yeah, no, I, I like that a lot. Um, I thought I got, you know, I got a lot of good things out of that. Um, coaching is something I was thinking about getting into immediately out of college. You know, now I'm kind of saying with um, on the scouting side of things, but I thought, I thought that was a really um, insightful, uh, you know, thing you did with all those three the other day. And I think it, you know, gives insight to, you know, the different um, positions you might be in, a Dovo, a video coordinator, a GA, not just saying, you know, what the head coach is doing. But, yeah, I, you know, a lot of you know, diversity and um, good good points from that. I thought it was good. I'm interested to see the next one. Um, so, you know, going on from that a little bit, um, you know, maybe this could help, you know, some young coaches or something. You know, you've, you've had, you know, a lot of different experience. You, you're involved in um, different things, you know, really active and stuff. So, Talk about, um, you know, kind of the process of breaking into coaching, some of the challenges that come with that, what you 
kind of try to do to network and connect to maybe, you know, put yourself in position to for the next opportunity, just kind of what you do um, when it comes to all that. Yeah, sure. That's, uh, you know, bringing in coaches is definitely a hard, it's not easy. Um, mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's definitely a challenging thing, but, um, you know, it, one, it's all about who, for the first thing is all about who you know. Like you've got to know people. And I always take that a step further is you got to know people. Like people have to know you. Oh like yeah. They can say like, Hey coach, I'm David Bentley, but do they know who I am? Um, and if they don't, you're probably not going to get a position. So one, you've got to network and put yourself in front of people and make it genuine. Don't just, you know, because if a coach sees you coming and or hears you calling and they know like, Hey, he just wants a job, then it's not going to be very genuine. It's going to be really shallow. And yeah. they're just going to not talk to you as much because they're going to know, Hey, he's only coming to get something out of me. Whereas if you build genuine relationships with people and coaches and they see like, Hey, this, this guy is a genuine relationship, then they're going to want to talk to you more. And the more you build that more, uh, kind of the term I like to use is relational capital. You invest the mm-hmm. more that maybe when that coach gets a spot one day or gets a position, then they're going to be like, Hey, like this guy, um, you know, invested in the relationship and maybe help me out with a player or two. Like he, I'm going to have, I, I want to have him on my staff. So yeah, um, it, it's not, there's no really perfect science. Like you talk to five other people and they're going to tell you five other things about how to break in and what they did. And so there's no really exact science to it. Um, but I, I would say kind of some of the biggest things is you definitely have to re- relate to people and network. You got to get to know people, but get to know and make it genuine and you've also got to provide value. I think you have to provide value, whether mm-hmm. it's relationships, whether it's you're really good at a video um, stuff, whether you're really good at making graphics. Um, you know, obviously social media is the name of the game. And, I mean, kids eat graphics up. And, oh, yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I see all on the your time. relentless stuff. Yeah, I see on your relentless stuff. Like, And even, like, it looks optically looks better when you post, you know, so-and-so had a great game did this, this, and this, and you post a graphic with his stats from that night, or you post one of your, your pictures um, that you took from him in the game in action. I think that mm-hmm. looks a lot better, and kids like to see – like, no kids doesn't like to see themselves or uh, <laughs> things like that. So making graphics is another thing in today's day and age. So uh, you have to provide a value, but really it goes back to the relationships part. I think that's the biggest that I can't emphasize enough about breaking into the coaching part. Yeah, that's, no, that's, uh, that's a very, you know, very good point. Really true. Um, and I, I've had to experience that some, um, even with what I do, especially with um, my service, getting certified and reaching out to coaches, just, you know, making a list of, you know, all right, I feel confident about these guys. I have a really good relationship with them. You know, I think they'll, you know, subscribe to my service and, but then other guys, oh, you know what, maybe I shouldn't just do that because they'll just be like, oh, he just, he's just trying to get money now. But, I, you know, I have to keep building a relationship with them. So that's you know, that's definitely something that everyone can take from. Um, so going back to um, Upward a little bit. So you touched a little uh, – a bit on your, you know, Southeast Select team this year. Let's, uh, let's talk about them some more um, – you know, maybe some guys that you thought were really going to have a good summer and will whenever we get back to play, we can play in July, um, you know, sleepers or any anything you want us to know about your team this year or anyone listening. Yeah, sure. Um, 
a couple of the names I was really excited to see about was uh, one was Daniel Mayfield. Yeah. Um, six, six kind of wing forward, if you will. Um, I thought he was going to have a really big summer because he played at a private, small private school in Anderson, South Carolina. Um, and he, no one really knew who he was. And uh, just at our tryouts this year, we did our tryouts with the, with the Adidas Southeast team. And obviously everyone knows Cesar Edwards and he's, you know, blowing up and getting a lot of high major mm -hmm. offers. And Daniel Mayfield was, was hanging with him, going right back at him at tryouts. And, um, you know, that really stood out. So he's a kid that I think um, would have been ready for a big jump this year. Um, another kid would have been um, also from Anderson Christian was, um, was Miles Omer. It's kind of a little quick guard. Yep, remember um, him. I think, uh, especially the way I, I like to play in AU, is I think he would have been ready for a jump because um, I, I kind of give my guards a lot of freedom. And yeah. I thought he would have really gotten the show, um, what he was capable of, scoring it from three levels, getting to the rim, and also kind of controlling a team. So, um, Miles Omer. And then um, one more that I thought would have um, had a, a big summer was um, Earl Burgess at Dorman. Oh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I thought Earl was really ready for a breakout summer just due to the sole fact that he was going to be able to play and play a lot because – Obviously, Earl is in a great program at Dorman under Coach Thomas Ryan. And, and you know, the guys just won their four-state championship. And, uh, but he's playing behind a guy that's committed – that signed with Clemson and a guy that just committed to James Madison. So, yeah. obviously, you know, as a younger underclassman, you're not going to get to play as much behind those guys. So – but the sole fact for Earl is he's getting – playing against those guys every day in practice. So, I was really ready for him to show – what he was capable of this summer, kind of a six six, four five, five four position of, you know, hey, I'm really kind of ready to have my coming out party and and announce myself on the scene. He's already got an offer from USC Upstate. I think he yeah. was really ready for a big summer. So those are kind of three players that I kind of have my eye on uh, for yeah. our guys. Yeah, definitely. Those are all three guys I've seen before. You know, Earl has shown flashes. But, you know, when you're behind PJ and Justin, you won't always be able to do that. And it seems like that, you know, kind of the same way that happened with PJ. Like after his sophomore year, he kind of ascended. They think that's going to happen with Jordan Surratt. You know, it's coming a little bit later for Earl because of the situation, but yep. definitely. Um, and then like those Anderson Christian guys you talked about, we, we've talked about Daniel a good bit. Um, he's got a lot of good things to him. Same with Miles. I've seen him, him some in the past at some camps and other things. So I'm, I'm really interested to see you know, what they do whenever we are able to get to play. Sure. Um, so given this situation, um, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic about having some type of stuff in July, whether that be no fans, but what do you think is going to be different for those um, non-sponsored and independent teams, given the, uh, the calendar and the situation we're in? You think it'll maybe be a little bit more difficult for them to get seen, even if we have you know, the same amount of live period days that we would have otherwise if they add things. What do you think is going to change and what do you think you're going to have to um, face, you know, hurdles and obstacles with that? Yeah, that's a great point. Great question. Great point is because I think it's going to go back to what we were talking about, the relationships is you're absolutely going to have to have relationships with these uh, these people that put on the tournaments, these the organizations, because if they don't, one, trust you as a coach and two, know have, have you have a track record of you having players it's going to be really hard because 
even if we do have the same amount of live periods is, or the same amount of days is because everyone's trying to cram their live period into those days. And everyone's going to be jockeying for, Hey, I gotta get my kids seen. I gotta get my kids seen. And if you mm-hmm. don't get games on the main courts, like these coaches, they're going to be stretched in this limited time. And if you don't get games where you know, like I always say, and, and, and I know Sim is the same way. Like I could care less and hey, you how many games we win. Mm-hmm. So obviously yeah. when we're in the moment in the game, I want to play to win. But if we go 0-5 on a weekend, I could care less if mm-hmm. we had 50 coaches over there on a, you know, on a sideline definitely. total. So you're definitely – it's definitely going to be tough, man. It's um, – you know, I'm interested to see kind of, I guess like everyone, how this whole thing plays out and what the NCAA decides to give back AAU um, in July. If we get July, I'm hoping we do. I'm like you. I'm optimistic we will. Mm-hmm. But it's it's going to be interesting. But to answer your question, it's going to be it's going to be really tough. It's going to go back to those relationships of, you know, going to the the people that make the schedules of look, man, we've had college players in the past. We've done well on your your events, your stuff, at your platform, you know, and hopefully that kind of like that term I use that relational capital will pay off. We can cash some of that in and say, you know, I trust that a Dave Billy team is going to have some players. So. I'm going to give them games on this court where you know these coaches are going to be as opposed to another building or another court on a different end of the building. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, and even it, people, let me interrupt real quick, even knowing people ahead. like yeah. you, um, I think people like you could absolutely help is, is, you know, you're going to be stretched of like, where do I go? What events do I cover? And, and yeah. all this, but you know, if you know and trust like, Hey, I, I know I'm not going to be wasting my time. Oh yeah, um, going mm-hmm. to an event, going to watch this team play one game, then I know like, hey, I can get him at our game, and you know, we're at least going to get some social media love and things like that. That coaches, we can send to coaches and say like, hey, you yeah. might not have been at our game, but Trent Markwood was at our game, and these are the stats. And you know, Joe Schmo just had twenty five points <laughs> and made seven threes. Yeah, um, you know, so I think even having a relationship with with scouts like yourself, I mean, obviously, uh, I know I'm on your, your pod right now, but, I mean, I, I've long thought you you were the best in our, in our region, just as far as the quality of work you do and the time you put into, um, you know, seeing the kids and the, the depth of – you don't just go off of a hype or you don't go off of – you just go off what your eyes see. And I think ultimately coming into scouting, that's the best thing. Is I just want to know what you see. And you yeah. don't pretend to, to put down stuff you don't see. Is you solely report what you see. So – I think another aspect of making it a little bit easier is having people like you um, able to obviously get stuff out. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, That was actually something I was like going to touch on a little bit. Like you were talking about like deciding where to go. Like obviously, you know, the live periods are the most important things, but you know, I think this past weekend, you know, um, we would have been on our fourth weekend of tournament, non-live tournaments already. So that, you know, that's a time where I like to, get to see a bunch of different teams that I might not get to or make sure I, you know, I'd already seen them if I don't during the live period. Um, so that, that is going to make it um, tougher for me in July, you know, depending on what the situation is there. But so that, you know, that's going to make um, me have to decide. I, I have to go see these teams that I know it's, I'm going to get quality games from. They're going to have players like it's going to be a value. So, yeah. Um, and I, I like the point you made, you know, coaches talk about that a lot. Like, you could go, you know, whatever, 0-5, 1-4 in a weekend, but if you have, you know, a bunch of coaches, then it doesn't matter because as a 
as a travel program, your you know goal shouldn't be to at the end of the summer. Oh, we went thirty-eight and two. Like, okay, well, how many you know how many kids from your team are going to college next year? How many offers did they get? It should be you know they have this many opportunities and make sure that they're you know they're good opportunities, they're the right opportunities that they could fit at. So I think I was, that was a good point that you made. Um, and you we saw that you know with your teams the last few years, and even with Sean Jenkins just coming onto your team for one you know a single week in the spring last year as an unsigned senior now he's a presbyterian so exactly. you know, a lot of different things that go into that um, yeah sure i think uh i think that's about it um you know i, I appreciate your time I, I i thought we got some uh good stuff in here you know you touched on a lot of different things um you have anything you want to leave us with any words of advice or anything else uh, you want to end on no man i just think like honestly i give you credit for posting it is especially in this kind of time right now is, as I thought coach Carm kind of in that shameless plug on the panel, but also you kind of exerted it out is what are we doing to stay better, to get better, to help our kids? You know, I think really, especially in this time coming from an AU perspective is a lot of people are getting to see what these AU programs are really about, because mm-hmm. if you're helping your kids in this time, get seen, get better, get in front of coaches, you know, like I know Sim with, P- with I guess, Team Curry. I'm so used to saying PSB. Um, <laughs> Sim with Team Curry, like they're putting out workouts. And, you know, our guys at Upward, we're, we're like tweeting our, our guys' stuff out. And we're sending them to coaches. You know, you might talk to another kid in the program. It's like, hey, what is your coach doing for you? And I haven't talked to my coach. You know, so I think it's all about, you know, to use that kind of Coach Carm thing, which, which you exerted the other day from the panel is, what are we doing to get better in this time? Who are we calling? Who are we talking to? Who are we listening to? What podcast, what books, all that kind of stuff. What are we doing to get better and to help, you know, other people, especially in AAU wise, the people that are kind of dependent on us um, in this time to, to help. So, no, man, I appreciate you having me on. Obviously, I, you know, like I said, I think the world of you, I think you do a heck of a job uh, with the scouting part. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't, I don't use my words lightly. So, I hope you don't take it lightly, but I, I, I think you do a heck of a job. And obviously, you know, when you said, mentioned that you, you were starting this up, I definitely um, wanted to make sure I was, um, you know, you had me on. And I guess I didn't, I don't know if I pushed you, but um, <laughs> I was, when you asked me, I was super thrilled to, to come on and join you. So I appreciate you having me on and uh, I enjoyed it, man. Oh, definitely. No, I, I appreciate it. Um, you know, I think this will be good for, you know, travel programs, coaches trying to, get into coaching um you know just a lot of a lot of different things that you touched on were good um i appreciate your time um you know thanks for coming on it was good and i'm excited to see what your team is like in july hopefully absolutely man hopefully we get july so but i appreciate it Trent. thanks for having me on and i enjoyed it no doubt